Hope on the Hard Road podcast, where you and your family can find community, find encouragement, and find hope for the road ahead. Speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so that you will all be together in this. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Hey guys, on today's podcast, we're talking with Janice Chan about special needs ministry. We first met Janice through a mutual friend in our community. She is the disability ministry deacon of a local church called Reservoir that hosts a buddy break program. She is also a board certified behavioral analyst, and she has an extensive background in special education and research. You're really going to love her heart for special needs. Hey, Janice, we are so glad to have you on today's podcast. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hi, Janice. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. My name is Janice Chan, and I am a board-certified behavior analyst, or you may know that as BCBA. Um, I grew up in Fresno, California, and moved here um, to do my undergrad in San Diego and have been living here ever since. I uh, decided to get my uh, special ed teaching credential, but since UCSD didn't have a special ed credential, I moved over to San Diego State. So I'm moderate, severe credentialed and have a certificate in early childhood as well. Um, And, but I taught for a few years, got a little burnt out (laughs) as many do and um, moved into the world of research. So I work on uh, autism research teams, um, investigating different um, autism interventions, particularly those that are school-based. And I um, started teaching at San Diego State as well. So I teach a few introductory classes in the special education department. Um, as well as um, one of my favorite classes to teach is issues in autism. And then I also supervise um, first and second year teachers uh, through our um, induction program at San Diego State as well. And I am the deacon of special ed or special needs ministry at my church in Escondido. And I also um, volunteer as um, the vice president of the board of Banding Together, which is a music therapy nonprofit based here in San Diego as well. That's wonderful. Um, We're going to go ahead and provide all that information, your contact information as well in the show notes today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to work with individuals with special needs? Gosh, looking back, I... um... I I feel like I I don't really know if I can name a specific thing that like inspired me necessarily. Um, As far as like my career, I got started because um, as an undergraduate at UCSD, there's just a lot of research labs and they were looking for research assistants, undergraduate research assistants. And so um, they come into the classroom. And so someone came in and said, hey, we're part of this autism lab. We're looking for research assistants that might want to, um, you know, work on like doing therapy for kids with autism. 
at that time, I didn't really know much about autism. I don't think anyone really knew that much about autism, to tell you the truth. I think we've all grown a lot as a society and how much we've learned about autism in the past 10 years um, or more than that. Um, my only experience with autism at that point, or really even special needs at that point, a couple things. Um, I have a cousin with autism. Um, I had only met him like one time in my life. Um, and then also um, growing up in Fresno, there was actually this um, gymnastics class that my parents put us through, me and my siblings, called Break the Barriers. And it is made for people that are able-bodied and people with disabilities to um, do gymnastics and dance classes and Taekwondo and everything together. Um, so it kind of had that foundation of, um, you know, inclusion from, from my childhood. That's amazing. Yeah. So I, I think it was all kind of cumulative, you know, like I don't, it, it wasn't one specific person or one specific event that led me to working with individuals with special needs. Yeah. Abby was actually in a, um, uh, gymnastics class and she still talks about it today, special needs. Gymnastics. Oh, really? They yeah. did a fantastic job. She really, really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. That's great. So Janice, I know you're involved in something called Buddy Break. Would you like to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Um, Buddy Break is uh, actually, it's a national organization. Um, the organization's name is Nathaniel's Hope. It was started by um, families, uh, a family that has a child with special needs. He has since passed away, but reflecting back and wanting to create a legacy for Nathaniel, um, the parents wanted to start this organization. They, they spent, you know, as all special needs families do, they spent 24 seven taking care of their child. Um, and they wanted to kind of give back to the community and have this legacy for him. And so they started Nathaniel's Hope. Um, their program, their main, they have many programs, but one of them is Buddy Break. And Buddy Break, the mission of Buddy Break is to give families a break from the caretaking responsibilities of um, taking care of their special needs children. They call them VIP families or VIP kids. And so it is actually um, set up to be a one-on-one -on -one respite program. So we provide one-on-one -on -one for the VIP kids. And we also, because the goal is to give the families a break, we actually have space as well for the siblings. Um, and in our specific program, we also try to provide one-on-one -on -one for the siblings as well, because a lot of times the siblings get kind of left out or, um, you know, their parents spend so much effort um, on the VIP child that they don't get much attention. And so we want to be able to provide that, that companionship for the siblings as well. That's awesome. Love that. So I know that your church is very involved in Buddy Break. What what led to your church starting a Buddy Break on their campus? Well, disability has touched our congregation. We're actually a really small church, Reservoir Church, located in Escondido. We're about 80 strong, so we're a pretty small church. Um, but disability has touched our very tiny church through a lot of different means, like um, you know, we have kids that were born with disabilities. We have kids who unfortunately had accidents and ended up with disability. Um, a child who was 
had a disability and adopted into their family. We have people who, um, you know, have extended family members who have disabilities. And then, of course, there's like professionals in the field of special education like myself. So we actually heard about Buddy Break through Johnny and Friends. And we knew of some families who were incredibly impacted by the services that Buddy Break provided and um, wanted to be able to provide that for the families um, located in North County, San Diego. And um, Buddy Break actually really appealed to us because they they make it super easy for you to kind of get your foot off the ground in starting a church-based disability ministry. Um, They provide everything you need. Like there's a training they give you. Um, They even have like consent forms, medical forms, you know. Um, They have this really extensive profile that all the VIP families have to fill out so that we can know, you know, what are the kids' preferences? What are their skills in these different domains of their life? Um, What kinds of strategies work for your child that we could possibly implement? So um, having all that information and the access to all of this, um, you know, structure really helps Um, well, helped us feel a little bit more confident, you know, getting started in a disability ministry. Uh, To be honest, we were pretty hesitant because of the size of our church, but we really felt like, you know, we needed to move forward in faith and God was faithful. You know, we, um, despite having you know, a pretty small church. We pretty much all hands on deck. Everybody volunteers every time. Um, But God has given us enough volunteers for the number of families that sign up pretty much every single time. So it's pretty cool to see how God has been working. Well, that is so beautiful. We, we so admire what you guys are doing over there. And and I just think it's fabulous that you've uh, used this program to reach out to your church and also out to the community. We've seen that. Yeah, it's a really exciting program. Can you tell us uh, how it's impacted some of the families that you work with? Yeah, I. Um, so just a little bit of background. During the pandemic, we had to switch because we're not able to provide that one-on-one support anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like everything else, we sort of had to pivot. And so we, what we did was... Um, All the activities that we would have planned and done, we provided them in activity packets for the families and we dropped them off at their door. Um, And then on the off, we did that like every other month. And then on the off months, we tried to do like outdoor events at the church. So whether it be like a drive through event, um, you know, when we were really into the social distancing thing, it was a drive through. So barely any contact, but we, as things have been opening up, we have been able to host these events and it's been really fun to, um, you know, get it's San Diego. So our weather is ideal for outdoors, like, you know, 350 days of the year, <laughs> um, So we um, get together outside and we just have, it's almost like a carnival, like there's just different activities set up. Um, We sometimes have like an outside entertainment, like we had therapy horses come one month. Um, And we uh, have these events that are held outside in the parking lot of our church. And so one of the stories that came to mind um, when, when you asked this is, 
um, one of the families that attended our event um, at Easter time, um, it was actually the typical sibling who um, was so touched by the Easter event that we held. He told his mom that he's never had something done so special for him. It was just because we, we had to kind of pod the families together, right? Because you don't want to like expose the kids to outside people or whatever. So every family came at a specific time. And so it was just him and his sister like running around our church parking lot searching for easter eggs together and him helping her find them it was just a really sweet time he i mean he seemed like he had a lot of fun but then afterwards his mom told told me that it allowed her to have a conversation with him about why we do what we do um how much you know god loves us as people and how we're as Christians called to love other people because we've been loved first. And so just the fact that it was able to um, not only serve them for that one hour, because of course that's great, but like for it to be able to foster further conversation and for them to really grow in their understanding of God's love was um, truly remarkable, I think. So that's one of the um the more heartwarming stories um, of a family that's been impacted by our ministry. Oh, absolutely. Well, we actually participated in one of your events as well. Yeah. We got to come through with our Abby in the backseat for uh, one of the drive-through Christmas events. And it was so beautiful what you guys did. You had all these different booths, each with a different theme, and then give out uh, giveaway bags, gift bags. And I just, I know Abby felt so special. Everybody was waving and saying hi, and um, we just had a great time. And, and for that to then lead into a conversation about why you guys are loving on these families, and then for that to lead into perhaps a conversation about God's love for that child is amazing. That is so, so wonderful. So Janice, looking forward into the future, what, um, what does the future hold for your particular program that you guys are running? Um, our goal is to really resume back to these normal, what we call normal buddy breaks. Um, so no longer holding these outdoor events, but really moving back into that one-on-one um, respite program where parents can we go back to the mission of like, um, you know, our point is to give the families a break. Um, and we feel badly. We haven't been able to do that because of the pandemic. Um, but to be honest, it's been pretty hard, like volunteer, getting volunteers to come. I think there's a lot of COVID hesitancy to re-engage. Um, and so we've not been able to run what we consider our normal buddy break. And, um, so we're going to try to do that this coming fall. Um, but also just remain flexible. We may need to make the call to go back to holding these outdoor events, which are pretty fun anyway. So I don't think, um, I mean, it's, it's sad. We can't give the families a break, but um, hopefully at least giving them like something to do to get out of the house and a change of pace um, might be helpful to the family and serve them in some way. Um, but I think generally we're just going to keep praying about how we can best serve these families that we've been called to serve um, with what we've got. Um, and we do want to focus a little bit more effort on um, our church-based ministries. So um, really equipping, for example, our Sunday school teachers 
to um, provide more inclusive teaching um, on a Sunday morning so that should families want to come and need a place to worship where their their families are welcome and they can be confident that um, their kids are taken care of and there's people equipped to take care of them, um, that we, we are ready for that when that comes. That is so great. It really is. Uh, one of the things you mentioned a little bit earlier was um, disability ministries, and maybe you can elaborate on what your vision of those type of ministries would look like. Sure. Um, you know, I think my my vision kind of goes back or, or is based on this idea of like, if you build it, they'll come. I think a lot of families um, affected by disability they are hesitant to come to church because they aren't sure whether there's programs that will meet their kids' needs. They don't wanna be judged because their child is making noises in the back of the sanctuary. Um, and so a lot of it comes from like an inclusion mindset. Like how do we include, and this is my kind of my vision for disability ministry, how do we adjust our church environment so that it can be inclusive of all people and all different kinds of needs. It's not just about like ADA compliance in the building. Like, is there space for wheelchairs? Sure. That's important. Yeah. That's part of inclusion, but more importantly, it's like a philosophy or a mindset, you know, how do we shift the thinking of the people that are attending the church um, so that it meets the needs of families that are affected by disability. Love that. Absolutely love that. Um, you know, that is, that is our heart as well. And so to watch you guys, um, and in particular, your desire, Janice, to implement ministries in the churches, we just love that. That's it's so needed. It's so needed and for families, um, to feel a part of the body and for children to grow and um, learn about Christ and be able to be a part of that with their peers. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. You know, I feel like um, you can get equipped. Like a, a lot of times churches are hesitant because they're like, oh, you know, there's just, I don't even know how to think about this. That like, what if a kid runs away or like, what if our Sunday school teachers don't know how to adapt curriculum and you can make it as complicated and fancy as you want, but really like, what is the mindset? What's the heart? Like, do you want these families to have a place in the church? If so, then like the heart goes a long way, actually. Um, sure. The skill is necessary, but there's ways for you to build skill, right? Like, but building heart is a lot harder. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the foundation of it has to be like, do you love these people that have disabilities and do you want them to have a place in your church? If so, then like there's places you can seek help um, for, you know, equipping the body or um, teaching the skill that is necessary to have that inclusion. Yeah, exactly. Like that's why you guys started a buddy break at your church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love that because Abby, one of the things I think she's really gifted at is being able to see the heart of people. And if the heart mm -hmm. of people uh, want to be really appreciate her and enjoy her, you know, they don't have to have the most perfect skills. They can learn it, but she can read the heart. And, and if she want, if they want to be with her, 
you know, she's going to respond to that and, and the, the other skills like you're talking about uh, alongside later. Right. Yeah, there, there is, but I think people get fearful because they don't have the skill. Um, but really it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the skill that guides the fear, I guess. <laughs> right. Love that. Oh gosh. So Janice, looking at all of your vast experience with special needs, what's one memorable story of someone that impacted your life that you worked with? It's hard for me to think of one child that really impacted me. Um, I, you know, I, I worked with a lot of students, um, but at the same time, like just a lot have made so many huge gains. Um, it's been really cool. Actually, I think social media has helped me to remain in touch with some of the families that I've served. Like I've been able to kind of Facebook friend some of the moms um, and keep in touch and still see some of the students that I had like back in, you know, 2007, 2008, 2009. They're like transition age now, which is nuts. But um, there's one student in particular that I'm thinking of. Um, at the time, he was like pretty much nonverbal, um, you know, through, I think he was in my, I, I was first an aide and then I was the teacher in the same classroom. And so I had known him from like second grade and became his teacher when he was in sixth grade. Oh. Um, yeah. And then um, stayed in touch with the mom through social media. And um, now he, you know, he was using a device to communicate back then, mostly signs and um, like sign language and his um, communication device at the time. Um, but really like never thought that he would speak, um, verbally. Um, and of course that's fine. Like I fully believe in using, um, you know, augmentative communication devices and having that be like a great way for people that don't have verbal language to express themselves. But, um, you know, after so many years, he finally said he can finally like speak in some short phrases and use, um, single words to communicate. And so it, I think it's just really cool because a lot of times we feel like as professionals, we look at it and we're like, you know, if they are not speaking by a certain age, it's almost like you give up. And I think maybe families do too. You kind of give up and on that hope that your child will have verbal language, but you know, he developed his language late later in life. And I, I think it's just really cool to see like the perseverance, like what, what effect the foundation has um, building those skills at a young age, but then also like the perseverance that the mother had um, to keep pushing the child as well as keep like telling people, no, he can do this, you know, um, and, and being such a strong advocate for him and believing in him in ways that like we, even as professionals, we doubted. Um, but for him to get to that point is just an amazing testament of so many um lots of hands at work and lots of people that believed in him. Yeah. Wow. Listening to that, you know, what would you say Janice to those that might want to work in special needs, whether it be in the school system or in a church ministry? It is so rewarding. I think that's one of the big things, um, that, um, 
there is a huge need, first of all. So you will be filling a big gap. Um, and um, yeah, that there's just um, a lot of work to be done, a lot of things to learn, but it's very rewarding to be able to know the impact um, that you can make on a child, on a family. Um, and, you know, a lot of times people will say things like, oh, you must be so patient or something like that, which I'm sure you can, you can say that. But um, I think it, you know, people forget that there is a reward for you too, to see how the child gains the skills, kids that, um, you know, society doesn't believe can learn these things or can, um, can, you know, can do certain things. Um, you can teach the kid to break that mold or break that societal expectation. And so it's just a really fun and rewarding career. Mm, I mm. love that. So one thing that we always like to do is ask this last question of every guest, which is what is one thing that you would like to share with our listeners to help encourage them and to bring hope for the road ahead? Um, you know, as somebody that has worked mainly in the school systems, I find that the road for families is hard because they always have to approach it from an angle of fighting and advocating for their child, which mm -hmm. is a whole different podcast topic. <laughs> so my encouragement to any listeners who may find themselves in those shoes is um, to find allies, community for yourself. Um, you know, there's people out there who care about you as a parent and their and your child um, and want to serve you and do what's best for you and your family. And you need to find them um, because the road is going to be hard if you can't find people to walk alongside you on that road. It could be like another parent. It could be someone you view as a mentor. I know that's really valuable for a lot of families that are affected by special needs. It could be a, a teacher or service provider that you really get along well with. Um, you know, regardless of where you find them, it could be, you know, a church at a school at a support group, however you find them, like make sure that relationship exists for you. Um, you need to surround yourself with people that will walk that hard road with you and uplift you along the way. Yes, absolutely. And that's what we're all about here at Hope on the Hard Road is connecting and encouraging families just like ours. So if anyone wants to get in touch with us, absolutely reach out. We've got our contact information on the website, et cetera. Janice, thank you so much. This has been amazing. It's just so beautiful to see your heart for special needs ministry and to see how God has led you down this amazing path in life. And um, you're just an inspiration to us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for all that you guys do too. Resources and contact information for today's podcast will be included in the show notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share us with others and be sure to follow us so you won't miss an episode. And we'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment or rating and connect with us on social media or on our website at hopeonthehardroad.org.